Hello and welcome to episode 151 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. As always, joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva and a happy new year to all of you out there listening. Today, we're going to talk about week 16 a little bit. We're going to talk about some week 17 thoughts. Maybe Evan Walters makes an appearance. We'll see. Evan, what's going on? What's up, Adam? You're looking like a little refreshed, man. You're looking... Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you're looking good. That's that's good for week week seventeen. This is your week, anyways. You love the, you know, the diving deep for the information and figuring out the, you know, the the depth charts when you chop a little a few guys out of there and yeah. um, see what's left. So it, it's always a, a a week that emphasizes and and rewards people that are willing to work a little bit harder than their competitors. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, I'm sure maybe there's people listening to this. Their season long league is over. They're thinking about getting into DFS. It's a great time to get in, a great time to be alive for sure. Week 17 DFS, also the playoff slates will be great as well. Before we get into the show today, though, wanted to let everyone know we are running a sale for NBA for the new year. We hardly ever run sales, but we want to do something special here for 2021. So for a limited time, your first week of NBA, normally priced at $24.99, is just $9.99 with promo code 2021. All numbers, 2021. Projections, top plays, live shows, matchups. Basically what Drew Dinkmeyer, who runs our NBA product and our team, think you need to win. Also, player props I've been firing off in there. We've been running okay with those. Check it out. Again, promo code 2021. After you select the weekly package, you'll get it for just $9.99. All right. Let's get to it with the AFC here, Evan. The Baltimore Ravens are starting to cook, man. I believe they've won four in a row. And if you're an AFC contender right now, and the Ravens are certainly that as well, but you don't want to see the Ravens if you're Buffalo, if you're Kansas City right now. I don't think they do need to win again in week 17 to clinch a playoff berth. The Ravens do, but they get the Bengals still a chance. They could fall out of the playoffs with a loss. I did notice in their week 16 game, it looked like JK Dobbins got banged up a little bit with like a chest issue or something, but I didn't see him on the week 17 injury report. So I thought that was at least notable. What'd you see out of the Ravens in week 16? Yeah, just a team that is super, super hot right now, averaging 37 over their last four. They've also allowed the fourth fewest points per game so uh, uh, defensively. So you're right. I think that this is a team that teams want to shy away from. Um, the Bills have a chance to avoid the Ravens in, uh, in week 18 uh, if they can uh, pull off a, a victory against, uh, in, in, against the Dolphins this week. And so they will have some motivation there. Um, yeah, J.K. Dobbins, it sounds like he was fine. He said that he mainly came out of the game just because he uh, was tired uh, and, and was able to return late. He didn't see any touches late in the game, but it does sound like they're going to have J.K. Dobbins back at or near full strength um, to go with Gus Edwards. Uh, I don't know. I, what do you think about the Ravens right now as a longer shot bet to win it all? Yeah, I haven't seen the prices, but I don't think they're in any worse shape than they were last year when they were like close to the favorite. I mean, them and the Chiefs were, were pretty even in futures prices around this time uh, last year. I mean, I still think the Chiefs are obviously way better, but, um, you know, we'll see. Um, by the way, Will Fuller, Marquise Brown bet, Burbank Brown bet. Uh, Burbank needs 40 points in week 17 to catch Will Fuller, a full 40 ball uh for for Marquise to catch him so we'll see well it's a good matchup for for Marquise you know yeah. and I was looking at if you if you want to talk about a little bit of sports betting the Ravens 29 and a half point team total against Cincinnati I think that's very very much in play for the Bengals to 
for, for the Ravens to put up 30 plus here. Uh, not, not a bad team, not a bad team total bet. All right. Speaking of hot teams, the Buffalo Bills, man, our Buffalo Bills just love to watch it. Josh Allen to digs one more time. And I think we'll talk about this after the season, but like certainly something to look at is, and it's a small sample, but what Steph Diggs was able to do changing teams this year was just so outrageous. What DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, started off hot and cooled off some, what they were able to do changing teams. There's still a bigger sample of guys failing when they change teams, but man, Stefan Diggs had an absolutely outrageous year. I'd also want to know Buffalo is throwing at such a ridiculous rate since week nine. Buffalo is actually throwing at a higher rate than expectation, even than the Kansas City Chiefs. Most in the league, Buffalo is. Now, in terms of week 17, I think the Bills are a threat to rest, guys. And the market agrees. You know, I got a uh, shout out to me. I got Miami plus four and a half. Now it's down to plus one and a half because, I mean, the Bills are either going to be the number two or number three seed. And the Steelers, who they're competing with for that, have already announced they're not playing Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, TJ Watt. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance the Bills rest some guys. In week 17. But anyways, it's an exciting time to be a Bills fan, man. Uh, what do you see out of them in week 16? Yeah, just, you know, continue to be one of the one of the most fun teams in the NFL to watch. Josh Allen, he's at like 12 to one right now uh, to win MVP. I mean, clearly that's a long shot bet at this point. But I mean, I, I wouldn't completely rule it out I, because Mahomes uh, is not going to play mm-hmm. in week 17. I don't know. Allen might play a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it, it's going to be. I think it's. I think this is a tough spot to predict from a playing time standpoint. What we're going to get out of the Bills? Yeah. Um. I I do think that they're going to be motivated in the first half, but they're going to be scoreboard watching that right. Steelers Browns game. And I don't know if the Browns start to run away from it. I think that they'll start to pull some guys. As you mentioned, Cole Beasley not going to play. John Brown not going to play. So they're already shorthanded, uh, just for those reasons alone. Yeah, I will also say the number two seed this year is not worth nearly as much as it used to be. Obviously, there's no buy for the number two seed this year. And also the fans. I mean, there's only going to be 7,500 Bills fans at their playoff game. Like home field is not as big a deal, but not the buy. I mean, God, not getting the buy as number two seed. I wouldn't be nearly as motivated to go after it. In terms of the MVP race, I think Aaron Rodgers uh, almost certainly is going to win the MVP. Um, And you could have gotten him. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, who does the awards article, you could have gotten him like five to one, like, just about three or four weeks ago. So shout out to Ryan for being on. Oh, that. You, you could have got him at four to one last week. We, oh, we wow. talked okay. about it on, on team, on the team by team last week. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Bengals. Um, Brandon Allen. I mean, I don't know what this says about, I don't know if this says something about Brandon Allen or if this says something about the Texans defense, but Brandon Allen went out there and shredded without Tyler Boyd. He went out there and shredded the Texans T Higgins. Uh, we were very high on T Higgins and DFS this past week that worked out. But this, that was against the Texans. Now they have to play the motivated Ravens. I also, something else I wanted to say about it. I know Gio Bernard had a good game, man, but P. Ryan and Tre- Trevion Williams both played plenty. Like, I'm not excited about Gio at all. I'm not really excited about any of these guys against a motivated Ravens team. But yeah, what you see out of Brendan Allen? I mean, if nothing else, I know it was against the Texans, but if nothing else, it was impressive. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, of checkdowns. A lot, of, a lot of stuff out in the flats. I mean, Giovanni Bernard had a ton of catches. Alex Erickson had a ton of catches. Uh, but, I mean, you, we talked about this entering last week. Like, the Texans' defense is that bad that, you know, even Brandon Allen and Jake Luton, you know, these guys can come at a, at a pretty much nowhere and have productive games. Brandon Allen wound up being, like, one of the better fantasy quarterbacks mm-hmm. on the week in week 16. Um, so that's, you know, something to file away, obviously for week 17, not that we didn't already know it, but uh, against the Titans, 
uh, who the, the Texans are facing. I think it's going to be a lot a major, a big different story for Cincinnati as they square off with a highly motivated Ravens team this week. Yeah. Let's go to the Browns. I, I was really disappointed in what the Browns did. I understand they got, you know, a tough spot with no wide receivers, but Kareem Hunt only lines up slot or wide on one out of 35 snaps. I throw the ball to Austin Hooper 15 times. And now after losing to the Jets, they're the number seven seed. They must win to clinch a playoff spot. They're catching a break because they're playing a Steelers team who's going to start Mason Rudolph not playing Pouncey or, or Watt, as I already said. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty disappointing performance from the Browns. Do expect them to get all their wide receivers back for this game. What you see out of Cleveland? Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot to see. I mean, just did not play well against the Jets at all. And, you know, they're trotting out Jamarcus Bradley as a starting receiver. At least that'll be different this week against Pittsburgh. I'm sure that Pittsburgh will rest some starters uh, defensively. Yeah. So hopefully we can see a little bit more of a promising effort here from the Browns. But, yeah, no, no positive takeaways from, week, from their Week 16 effort, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and if you're thinking about Browns guys in Week 17 again, I, I, think, Cleve, I think Pittsburgh's going to rest – you know, they already announced a few guys. I think they're going to continue to announce more. And then there'll be some guys that play in the first half and not the second half. So, you know, not as stiff as a matchup as it was already for Pittsburgh. And also they're not going to play some of their guys. So I'm interested in some Cleveland stuff in week 17, I think. Broncos. Um, meaningless game for the Broncos coming up in week 17 against the Raiders. One of the few meaningless games on the slate. But yeah, Jerry Judy, man, 15 targets and 61 yards and some really bad drops. I mean, I know Drew Locke's been bad. You could make a case Jerry Judy hasn't been great either. Other thing I wanted to point out that, you know, I played uh, Melvin Gordon in cash and he lost pass down work to Levante Bellamy. And that hurt because I did not expect that to happen. What did you see out of the Broncos in week 16? They get the Raiders in week 17. Yeah, the Levante Bellamy thing, I think, was that that just came out of nowhere. I mean, I think we were anticipating it to be just the Melvin Gordon and a little bit of Royce Freeman. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, when these backfields go from two man ordeals to three man ordeals it's a really really big you know it's a big negative melvin gordon i don't even think he had a target yeah. in the game um so he was a big bust you know along with Le'Veon in that same uh, in that same price price range uh in, in fantasy this past week and uh, i don't know I, I i do think that this broncos raiders game though has over potential in week 17 um, and I think it's a game that we might be able to find some interesting DFS plays when we talk about the slate. Uh, what are we doing it uh, on, on Friday night, like usual this week or what? Yep. All our shows are normal time, except for this one, obviously it's coming out late, but all our shows are normal time this week. Yeah. And by the way, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Judy had five drops. Noah Fant continues to be a volume machine. You know, you look around the league, Travis Kelsey is going to be sitting in week 17. You know, what tight ends have a shot at catching like six, seven passes you know, Noah Fant is one of those maybe two or three tight ends across the league. Oh, yeah. Total freak, Noah Fant. Uh, Houston Texans. So Deshaun Watson got roughed up late in this game. Texans obviously have nothing to play for, but he says he's going to play. And so if he does play, I mean, the Titans have been getting absolutely shredded. I'd also add that Duke uh, could be back, Duke Johnson. But with Duke back and CJ, with Duke out and CJ Procise out last week, David Johnson 100% of the running back touches 50 out of 52 snaps. Again, we'll see on Duke's status. I kind of think Duke will be back, but we should know more about that on Friday. What did you see out of the Texans in another big game for Brandon Cooks? Yeah, the one thing that I'm keeping my eye on is just this injury with Deshaun Watson. And I think it became clear 
early this week that Deshaun Watson is going to play, Mm -hmm. but the Texans team total is 23 and a half against the Titans in the highest total game on the week facing a, you know, a not good Titans defense. And I mean, 23 and a half is just nothing for, uh, and, and, you know, for most NFL teams and certainly any, any teams that are quarterbacked by Deshaun Watson. Um, so I don't know. I jumped on it early. I'm a little worried about this, this injury to his, his hand or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, that's I, 23 and a half, like, you know, Deshaun, a, a te- the Texans against the Titans should be able to get that in their sleep. Yeah. And you know, Titans are gonna be able to score efficiently against the Texans. So like, you're going to see a lot of plays for Houston. I think they only got 52 plays off this past week Colts a couple things with usage on the Colts first of all second straight week with zero offensive snaps for Jordan Wilkins so I mean you know we know at this point it's a Jonathan Taylor show when the Heem Hines mixed in and then also Michael Pittman's been losing playing time to Zach Pascal and and Dwayne talked about this a little bit in utilization this week which I highly recommend you guys all check out but but yeah you know it's scary I you know Pittman should be playing way ahead of Zach Pascal he's just not right now the Colts are currently the eighth seed they must win, obviously, to have a chance. They do have a pretty good chance, though, if they can beat the Jaguars, who obviously arguably the worst defense in the entire NFL, maybe with the Lions and the Texans have something to say about that. But but yeah, the Colts are highly motivated to win this game. What do you see out of the Colts in Week 16? I think their biggest concern right now is the season-ending loss of Anthony Costanzo, who has been a difference maker from a pass protection standpoint. There's been some talk that they might kick uh, their stud left guard, Quentin Nelson, uh, out to left tackle uh, and start him there. They should be getting Braden Smith back uh, from the, the COVID list this week to, to solidify right tackle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, that, that's a really big loss for the Colts as they try to fight for this play. They're actually on the outside looking in right Correct. now at a playoff spot. And I mean, they've been a good, a rock solid team all year. They're a team that one of these AFC teams that might not get in, they could win They're 10 and five right now. They could win in week 17 and still not get in with an 11 and five record. Yeah. Brutal. And by the way, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, we'll talk more about 2021 and we're going to have a lot of early 21, 2021 content because best balls are going to be up and everything. But Jonathan Taylor is just, I mean, he's going to be a first round pick in 2021 before it's all said and done, but we'll see. I'm excited to see Evan's first top 150 of the off season when that comes out a couple months from now. Jaguars. Um, some people played LaVisca in cash on DraftKings last week. I didn't really like that. He, he got it saved. He saved it lat- with a touchdown late. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Mike Glennon's going to start again. The other thing I noticed was uh, Dare played ahead of a Zigbo, and I did not expect that to happen. I expected it to be a Zigbo and then Dare on pass downs. So certainly was wrong there. But yeah, they're playing the Colts this week. As Evan mentioned, highly, highly motivated Colts team. Jaguars just a complete mess right now. I'm not that excited about playing Visca, but what did you see out of Jaguars? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. Uh, sounds like DJ Shark uh, is in some danger of missing yeah. week 17. Colin Johnson missed week 16. Uh, I don't know. I guess if we if we can narrow down this Jaguars pass catcher, this Jaguars receiver core, which at times has been a five man rotation, if we can narrow it down to three, maybe we'll have something to talk about. But it's not going to be a good matchup. Not good quarterback play. So. I don't know. It's, you know, this is a team that that came into the season knowing what they wanted to do and they have taken care of business and they're going to finish one and 15 and get Trevor Lawrence. 
Yep. Kansas City Chiefs uh, really struggled against Atlanta. And we mentioned it, that Atlanta's defense is better than people realize. I mean, since Raheem Morris took over, Atlanta's defense has been very good. Now, that hasn't mattered a lot to Patrick Mahomes in the past, but maybe it mattered here. Did you notice anything about why Kansas City struggled so much? And then, by the way, they've already clinched the number one seed. They're going to rest Mahomes and likely all of their starters, as Andy Reid always does in Week 17. I mean, the Texans or the, the Chiefs have been – you know, kind of playing close games and letting opponents hang hang around here for a little bit uh, down the stretch. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes has been playing at you know at that at that nine to, to ten out of ten sort of level, and that's why he's. I don't think he's going to win MVP this year. Um, so I just think that they're not firing on all cylinders. Their offensive line has not been you know a hundred percent down the stretch and. I don't know, just just not a team that's that's firing on all cylinders like, you know, the, the Ravens right mm-hmm. now. But the Chiefs also, you know, they've kind of had the, the number one seed in the bag here for a little bit. And I don't know, maybe they're just kind of kind of, you know, ready to get to the finish line. I mean, I, I, I would still have them as the number one team in the NFL. I've seen some outlets putting the Bills as the number one team uh, in the NFL in their power rankings. I, I disagree with that. I, I would be sticking by Kansas City. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so hard to go 15-1 and in the NFL and have some lulls along the way. But, yeah, I was just impressed with Atlanta's defense in general. I thought that they played well. But, yeah, we won't be talking about Kansas City much. Chad Henney's going to start. We won't be talking about them much until we get to the, uh, what is it, divisional round of the playoffs. Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, this was an epic choke to Ryan Fitz. Uh, I mean, man, just an epic choke for the Raiders. But now they have a meaningless finale against the Broncos, Nelson Aguilar, I have him in that Roto World Dynasty League. Um, he's going to be a free agent. Dude just keeps making plays. 85-yard touchdown for Nelson Aguilar. I'm kind of curious where he ends up. But anyways, what do you see out of the Raiders game as they head into their meaningless finale against the Broncos? Yeah, definitely Aguilar keeps making plays. I mean, at this point, like he, you know, there's only one week left and most people are done with their season longs or almost everybody's done with their season longs. But I mean, you would can, you would characterize him as like a what an every every week wide receiver too, mm-hmm. right now. Um, Darren Waller continues to be an absolute volume monster, and uh, you know the the clear number one target for Derek Carr all season. Carr played pr- pretty well against Miami. You know there were there were some people pulling for Marcus Mariota, uh, but I I don't think that Derek Carr was you know the problem for the Raiders in Week 16. Um, I don't know. For me, in Week 17 against it, just completely decimated Denver team. Uh, I think it will be an interesting debate to discuss uh, how we value Josh Jacobs, who really hasn't been efficient, has been you know largely underwhelming, loses work, you know, too much work to uh, to Devontae Booker and Jalen Rashard. But how do we evaluate him as a DFS play? I think will be uh, interesting against Denver. I think that the Raiders should be able to win this game, and I think it could be a high-scoring game. Yeah. We'll talk about more, that more on Friday night. Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I, I know people were making fun of the Donald Parham play. Donald Parham played 81% of the snaps, ran 28 routes. Unfortunately, he only saw three targets, but you saw, he, I mean, he had 46 yards on those three targets. Like, I don't feel too bad about Donald Parham about at 2,500. Uh, Keenan, I think, is going to miss week 17. Again, this is another dead team are the Chargers. We did see KJ Hill completely removed from the wide receiver rotation. It was only... Guyton, Big Mike, and Tyron Johnson. But, you know, not a very impressive performance. I know you like the over in the game. You certainly got a lot right betting last week, but uh, over in the Chargers game didn't hit. And I think in large part, not only was Drew Locke bad and Jerry Judy bad, but Justin Herbert 
wasn't great either. What'd you see out of the Chargers? Yeah, this was the one big loss. Um, really liked the the Texans team total last week against Cincinnati. That flew over. Um, the the Injoku that we really picked up mm-hmm. on on Saturday morning, and I know that uh, Jack Hahn, uh, who we had as as our auction guy, uh, he put a big bet on the Injoku and, and got that. So nice. Uh, shout out to him. Um, hopefully, a lot of people jumped on that. But yeah, the, this Denver. This Denver uh, Chargers game never materialized. I mean, it, it got off to a slow start and is very disappointing because the Broncos were just decimated on defense. The Chargers did not have Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram. Um, and, you know, Keenan Allen was out, but it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a rough game on both sides. Yeah, for uh, sure. Joe, and, and Jerry big, Judy, of course, left like, you know, 150 yards on yeah. the field, which wasn't nice. Yeah, I played Big Mike a bunch, and Big Mike dropped a touchdown in like brutal fashion. I mean, it was right in his hands, and that 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 stung for sure. But Big Mike's let us down before, and maybe I should have expected that. Miami Dolphins. So I was a little curious about what was going to happen with their backfield with Ahmed back and Gaskin back. It turned out Gaskin's the man. Gaskin's seventy six percent of the snaps, seventy percent of the running back carries, sixty percent route rate. You know, fourteen percent of the team targets. Like legit big role for. Miles Gaskin ahead of Ahmed so that we solved that mystery. The other mystery, man, I mean, if you want to go to the playoffs, you got to start Ryan Fitz, but I don't think they're doing it. They're, they're going to start Tua again. I mean, they pulled Tua in the middle of the game. Fitz immediately comes in, like immediately and starts shredding. So they need a win against this Bills team that could rest people. Um, it's going to be all out to win for the Dolphins. Bills could be resting people. Obviously, I already mentioned the line movement on that game. Hopefully you got in at four and a half. Uh, anyways, what do you see out of Miami? And yeah, I mean, the two, what do you think about who would you start between two and Fitz? I mean, come on, <laughs> it's not even close. And I, it's, I, th- what I think is weird is that every single week, no matter what happens, no matter whether, you know, they, they start to, uh, and then they pull them during the game, you'll see some national sports writer saying, Oh, the dolphins have handled their quarterback situation so beautifully. It's amazing how great they're handling their quarterback situation. I, that, that, that's not the case. This is not the way that they want to do they, they wanted to do this. I mean, they, they did not want there to be a situation where they have, you know, two a starting and then pulling him for the grizzled veteran. I mean, that's, you know, that's some, that, that's a way that you can, you know, at, at least, I mean, there's a thinking that you can like ruin your quarterbacks, your young quarterbacks confidence doing stuff like this. So as much as I really love what the Dolphins have done over the past two years where they, you know, they, they took a step back, they made really, really smart moves, all aimed at, you know, becoming a long-term success in the NFL. And, you know, they, uh, they, they stockpiled draft picks and Brian Flores is an awesome coach. They have not handled this quarterback situation well at all. Um, and I think it's, it's backfired at them uh, for them at, at times. Now that it does look like they're going to be a playoff team, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, this is no in no way. I think if you you know gave the the coaching staff truth serum uh, behind closed doors, like they would tell you that they, this is absolutely not what they wanted to happen. Oh no! Um, I mean, it, yeah. you you do everything right. That's what's so hard about the NFL. You do everything right. You you run your team the right way. But then if you get the quarterback pick wrong, like you're screwed, man. You know, and so it, it sucks. Yeah, I'm sure they want Tua to be out there winning the game, not Ryan Fitz. I mean, it's crazy. Right. So. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely be starting Fitzpatrick, but if they say they're going to start Tua again. Yeah, it'll be a very, very short leash for sure. I do think Devontae Parker, who missed last game, is going to um, try to get back for this game. Jakeem Grant is out, but I think Parker probably gets back. 
Uh, Patriots, man, I don't have a lot to say about the Patriots. I, you know, I've been saying the same thing all year about the Patriots. Just absolutely inept offense. They play the Jets next, but even against the Jets, I'm not sure I can be excited about any Patriots. Damian Harris, I don't think is going to play in this game, but anything on New England's they head into their merciful their last game. No, the Jets are going to win again and like, you know, finish with they're going to get like the seventh pick <laughs> in the 2021 draft. Speaking of the Jets, uh, one thing that I think was maybe a mistake, you know, and, and like saying and Evan was on it and, and I and I should have maybe considered it more. I played Big Mike at the same price over Jamison Crowder and Jamison Crowder's target share in games that Sam Darnold has started has been outrageous, like up 25 plus percent in all these games that Crowder started with Darnold. And so maybe I should have been on that more. They play the Patriots in the finale, and I think Crowder will be in play once again. By the way, both Frank Gore and um, uh, LaMichael Pirine are out. It's going to be Ty Johnson as the feature back for the Jets. Anyways, anything on the Jets heading into their finale? Nope. I think you summed it up pretty well. Jamison Crowder's a stud, man. I, yeah. I don't know why Herm's mind was sh- throwing so much shade at him last week. It's a good thing he doesn't play fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair to lump Crowder in with Perriman and Mims because that slot role is just like Darnold clearly and Gaze too. I mean, Gaze going back to the Landry days and everything, like just loves throwing it into the slot. All right, Pittsburgh. So let's get the rest stuff out of the way first. They can still get the number two seed, but it doesn't seem like they want it that bad. They're not playing... Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph's going to start. They're not playing TJ Watt. They're not playing uh, Marquise Pouncey. They're not playing a couple other defenders at all. Their offense, though, man, is so broken. Like, they want to throw it on every play, and that's cool. But you'll, they're only throwing it, like, four yards down the field on every play. Other stuff from Pittsburgh, James Conner and Benny Snell sharing, as we expected. That was the prop to get on last week for sure. And then Deontay Johnson, um, 11 games. Deontay Johnson has started and finished. Targets are 10, 13, 15, 10, 11, 16, 13, 12, 7, 13, 14. His volume has been ridiculous. Obviously, he's dropped a lot of balls, but that volume is so, so enticing. Pittsburgh, man, I don't think we're going to have a lot to say about them this week with Mason Rudolph starting, but even when they get Ben back, I think their offense is just like so broken. It's hard for me to be excited. What do you think? Well, Deontay Johnson's a stud. So, uh, you know, in fantasy terms, I know he's dropped a million balls this year, but yeah. Um, you know, he'll be a guy that we'll be talking about a lot when we get to the, the playoff DFS, which I, I think is always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Tennessee gets this snow game. It was kind of a tough spot for them. You know, didn't expect them to play well. Didn't expect it to be a huge Derrick Henry game. Really, they were able to be turned one-dimensional by the Packers. But now, now, Evan, they must win to get in the playoffs, and they're playing the Texans. So this is, I mean, if you could draw up a big dog spot, I guess – It'd be better if it was at home, but it's not, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, this is the big dog spot. That said, in these big dog spots, Ryan Tannehill has had big games also to Corey Davis, DJ Brown. I would not forget about that if you're making DFS lineups at all and a lot of leverage there off the big dog stuff. But yeah, what you see out of the Titans, I mean, they were really disappointed in a big game for them against the Packers. Seemed like they were just a little bit outclassed. And also like mm-hmm. Green Bay's used to playing in the snow. Rodgers used to playing in the snow. Titans clearly aren't. Yeah, I mean, they just, you know, the Titans got off to a a really slow start and, you know, the Packers just sailed to victory. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it, it was it was crystal clear what, what occurred in this game. Um, Derek Henry needs 223 yards to get to 2,000 uh, in week 17. The Titans, uh, they, they, they're in if they win, right? They're in with a win. Correct. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe I mean, they'll pull they, him late for Darrington Evans, but yeah, they didn't show an interest in getting 
Derrick right. Henry any records in week 15 when they pulled him for the entire fourth quarter and favored Darrington Evans. Right. But, I mean, he's just going to be running through this Texans defense like a, a hot knife through butter. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. All right. I mean, what if he's got, you know, 200 – you know, what if he's got like 180 after three quarters? Yeah. You got to give him the ball, man. Come I would think now. so. I would think so. But they're going to say, oh, we got a game next. We have a playoff game next week. Let's get Darrington in right. there. But we'll see. Right. Um, okay. That is the last – a uh, free team by team of the entire season. We won't be doing the team by teams during the playoffs. We're going to stick to the playoff uh, DFS breakdowns and slate breakdowns that we'll be doing with Wiggins. So really appreciate everyone who's tuned into these team by teams throughout the whole year. We love doing them. I think that it's a good exercise for us and for everybody to go team by team and really think about what's going on with each team from a usage perspective and try to spin it back and spin it forward at the same time. So really appreciate all of you listening to these throughout the entire year for subscribers. We'll be back with the NFC team by team to wrap it up over there on the premium feed. Happy new year to everybody. Appreciate you all for Evan, for producer Luke. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.